You're listening to the 48 Hours Podcast, the official podcast of the 48 Hours Competition, where teams all around Aotearoa write, shoot and edit a film in 48 hours. Squint Eastwood is an animation team from Wellington, and for the last two years, Sam Harris has entered from London, and this year Squint Eastwood took on the Ultra Challenge and made a sequel called Dazza and Bazza 2, Nicked. His film was a hilarious story about two Kiwi dad detectives who travel to Europe to save Baz's family from kidnappers. Sam had a lot of factors working against him, but he still managed to make it to the grand finals and his film has been drawing a lot of laughs from the audience. Squint Eastwood has entered 48 hours 10 times. They have made the city final four times and last year they got the Peter Jackson wildcard. In this episode, Hayden Wheel from Moffalade talks to Sam Harris from the Wellington team, Squint Eastwood. Hello, this is Hayden Wheel. With the 48 Hours Podcast, I'm talking to Sam Harris from Squint Eastwood. Hello, Sam. Hello, this is Sam Harris from Squint Eastwood. <laughs> talking to Hayden Wheel of Moffalade, of course, two very good, friendly Wellington teams. Um, how did you go this year, man? I did pretty good this year, actually, yeah. There, there were uh, there were some, some dark moments, I think. Ooh, uh, some dark you moments know. in terms of content or in terms of uh, making of? Oh, both. Both, man. Wow, really? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, there was that whole uh, take a risk thing from Ant this year, so um, there's a, a slight moment of shade in mind, but it's all pretty pretty light. Okay. Um, well, let's let's quickly give an overview. So this year you did Dazza and Bazza two. Um, yes. Was there a subtitle to it? Uh, yes, it's called Dazza and Bazza two uh, Nicked. My original one was uh, Dazza and Bazza Kiwi Dad Detectives, and this year I I had to do a thriller. Uh, so I did a little parody of Taken, but because they're Kiwi Dad Detectives, it's nicked instead of Taken. Oh, man. Okay, that's fantastic. I didn't actually piece that together. Uh, I don't think course, a lot of people did. I may have been a bit too subtle with that one. I don't know. It went over everybody's head. It was too smart, I think. <laughs> um, so this one, 2017, it is a sequel to your 2016 Desert and Bezza, which is a genius film. Anybody that hasn't seen it, go to the screening room, check that out. Um, You're too kind. <laughs> there's a huge step up in quality because I spent um, some time watching all of your other films, some of which I'd already seen having been to finals. You've basically been in the finals every year. How long have you been doing it? Well, this is actually my, my 10th year. This is a full, full decade of doing it. I've only been doing Squint Eastwood uh, since 2010, though. Before that, I was just a, a bunch of um, kind of average, forgettable, lost in the noise kind of shot on DV just early days of 48 hours, you know what it's like. Yeah, uh, entered under under a few different teams. There was uh, uh, the Jolly Boys, uh, Ice Cream Fellatio, to name a few. Ice Cream Fellatio sounds delicious. Was it a good team? Uh, no, that was our worst year. That was <laughs> uh, a, a, a musical, and we, we did a hip hoppera in the style of um, R. Kelly, and it was it was awful. Wow, that's funny because on paper that idea sounds like an absolute winner. I thought so too, but no, in execution, not so much. And was your first year with Squint Eastwood 2010 with Greenwich Mean Time? That was, yes. So that was our first time as Squint Eastwood, and that was our first time doing animation, and that was our first success. So, um, yeah, we definitely unlocked something that year. You found the winning formula, and you've continued to go with it. Yeah. And uh, 2003, there's a huge step up in quality, as I was saying earlier, between 2010 Greenwich Mean Time and 2017 Desert and Bazaar 2 Nicked. Um, yeah. You also you've gone through a whole bunch of stuff in the past. This is kind of a, a, I guess we're doing a Squint Eastwood um, retrospective. Like 2013, yeah. you did Computer Crimes, which is super dark. I mean, it, <laughs> it goes so dark halfway through that film and doesn't come out. Yeah. What, what can I say? Uh, I have darkness in my heart, apparently. Well, fair enough. I don't I mean, know. I, I think I'm a pretty cheery chap, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I like the dark endings. I like pulling the rug out from people, you know? Yeah, is that right? Is that the kind of films that you like? Yeah. What is it about that that gets you going? I, I don't know. I, I guess there's there's a, a formula to, to film and to filmmaking. And, um, you know, it, it's always good to subvert that whenever you can and, and, and you know, give, give them the sucker punch. That's fair enough. Who is Squint Eastwood? Give me the lowdown on, on who you've got in the team and what everybody does throughout the weekend. I guess the only common denominator with Squint Eastwood is myself. Um, this year and last year, it was more or less a, a, a one-man team. I kind of did everything apart from voice acting, uh, which I which I also did. I did play um, Beza. Um, but I had a few friends from around the globe kind of record some lines into a cell phone and send them to me. Um before that, Squint Eastwood was kind of a two-man team at its core. Uh, it was myself and Andrew Grant, who is a friend of mine who's a very talented uh, musician and sound engineer. Andrew uh, wasn't back this year? No, he wasn't back this year and he wasn't back last year. Why? Um, Where's he gone? What, what was the fallout? <laughs> well, basically, uh, I moved to London uh, last year and uh, I, I still wanted to do 48 Hours because I, I, I've, I've done it, you know, every year for the last seven or eight years at that point and... It was a, it's always a highlight of the year, you know, it's, it's an awesome creative journey and to, to not do it, I was like, eh. so I was talking with Andrew who was living with, living in uh, Auckland at the time. And he, we, we kind of came up with an idea where I would, we would still compete. Like I would send him the animated shots and him being in Auckland, he would put the whole thing together and hand it in. Uh, but he was like, um, okay, well, you know, if this is going to work, we need to do some tests first. We need to plan this. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's all good. We, we need to do that. Uh, but I was a bit slack and I started to get a bit busy at that point and I never really did the tests and he pretty much said like, Hey, look, you know, I've got some assignments and stuff on at this point. So like, look, I- I'm out, you know, if you want to continue this in some way, you can continue the Squint Eastwood brand. But, um, yeah, I respectfully bow out of this one. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was, it was from a, a two man team to a one man team and uh, I had to do all the sound and music stuff myself, which was a bummer because that's not a forte of mine. Well, you still did an incredible job. So who was in it this year? If you were in London, that means you were not only out of town, but you were an out-of-country intra. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> so basically, um, so th- this is still last year. I, I was just kind of like, okay, well, uh, you know, I, I can't compete anymore because my, my connection to New Zealand has been severed. <clears throat> uh, so I, I, I had resigned to the fact that I wasn't going to enter. But then <clears throat> uh, literally at the last minute, I think about four hours before um, applications closed, I got a, a Facebook message from uh, Ness Partia, who's a good friend of mine. She's also the um, Wellington, one of the Wellington organizers. And she said, hey, you know, Sam, you, you realize you can actually enter. They've changed the rules. You just have to be a New Zealand citizen. And they've got like a online submission. So if you wanted to, you could still enter. Wow. And I was like, okay, okay, what the hell? Sure, sure. So yeah, I, I entered from London last year. And uh, I still live in London. And I entered from London this year too. Far out. What were the accolades you got last year? Uh, last year I, oh wow. Okay. So yeah, last year was by far my most successful year. Um, we made the Wellington finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we got nominated. For, oh, we may have got nominated for best animation. I don't think we won though. Um, but then we got the coveted, uh, Peter Jackson wildcard and oh, got yes. shotgun, shotgun straight into the, the grand finals. And that was, that was amazing. Wow. So living in London suddenly really works for you when it comes to this competition. <laughs> yeah, and, well, it it had like okay. So competing from London had I had a lot of factors working against me actually. Uh, one was uh, time zones. So um, starting at seven p.m. on a Friday in New Zealand, in London I'm starting at seven a.m. on a Friday, and uh, I I freelance in London, 
So I was like, okay, well, I just won't accept work on the Friday. But then like a really big, quite significant contract came along and I was like, ah, oh, oh my gosh, I just, I can't really justify turning this down. Okay, fuck. So, so I entered and uh, I spent the first nine hours of the 48 hours competition uh, just at work, just editing stuff for Manchester United. Are you and, for real? Was um, that this year? That was both years, actually, man. Whoa. Like this year, I the same thing happened to me. I, I got a gig and I couldn't turn it down, and I lost nine hours right off the bat. That's not good. That's I mean, that's like what? Uh, what's what's nine and forty eight? Um, I don't know. That's over a fifth of your time. No, just that over sucks. A fifth yeah, of time. that's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so so let, let me paint you a picture of what it was like last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the other side of the world. I've lost half my team essentially. Like all the audio side of things are gone um i don't have any of my gear with me like i i I pretty much had just moved to london at that point so i just had my laptop um i'd lost nine hours because i was at work uh oh yeah i wasn't living anywhere at that point too i was homeless i was living in hostels and stuff (laughs) so um basically i kind of looked at everything and i said well i've got this much working against me I'm just going to have fun this year, you know, like ultimate ultimate permission to fail, you know, like I'm just going to make something weird and silly and stupid and lo-fi and just, that'll be that. Um, and it ended up being my most successful year. That's amazing. There's quite a lot of voices in Dazza and Baza last year. Yeah. Um, so a few of them were people, um, actually one of them was another freelancer that I just met that day. Um, I, I met him on a gig and I was telling him what I was doing. I told him like, hey, look, I'm, I'm already four hours into this competition that I haven't been able to start yet because I'm at this job. And he's like, oh, I do a bit of voice acting. I was like, okay, sweet. You can do, you can record a voice for me tonight. And he did. And that was awesome. Um, and uh, my my buddy Arj, who um, has been in a lot of Squint Eastwood films, he's probably another quite prominent member, if there was to be one. Uh, he recorded his lines. He plays Dazza. He recorded all his lines into his phone and sent it to me. And um, So that was what, yeah, recorded just, a- just into his iPhone or what? Yeah, it's funny because he he actually got nominated. No, he won. He won Best Actor for Wellington this year. This year he did, yeah. So where is he? Yeah. Is he in Auckland? He's, he lives in Auckland, yeah. And um, <laughs> I remember I I remember when I told him that he was nominated, he goes, that's ridiculous. I spent 10 minutes talking into my iPhone. <laughs> well, there you go. That's all you have to do. People out there that are wanting that Best Actor award, that maybe that's a technique they haven't tried yet. You know, forget they're, they're too busy Kari, shooting all drama day school. or preparing. Yeah, just need a phone and 10 minutes of your time. Oh, have you talked to him about how does he feel about winning Best Actor? Does he feel bad? I think there was a small amount of guilt there, but I think he, he felt pretty pumped about it. And he was like, hey, man, we need to do more of this. We need to, you know, because this is obviously Dazza and Baz of the sequel. This is the second one. It's like, hey, let's let's keep this going. Let's make this more. is what people want. Yeah. The, I mean, um, the Dazza and Baz series, it's gotten off to a hell of a start. I can't wait to see if you continue up the episodes. I'd love to see where they go next. Well, that was the thing. Like, um, after we made the first one, we were kind of like, there's a formula here. There's a rhythm to it. This, this, we could make more of these. And Arj and I had actually already discussed about doing a sequel. And then, of course, when uh, 48 Hours Ultra comes around and they say, um, okay, you have to make a sequel to your last film. I think a lot of people in, in New Zealand who were doing Ultra were like, oh, shit. But I was just like, oh, yes, because I'd, I'd, I'd already, like, Arj and I had already thought about all these things. Like, we, we'd, we'd got like a, you know, like a, a Bible of what a Dazza and Baza sequel would look like. And we had like <laughs> ideas bouncing around and like it, it wrote itself. It was amazing. Oh, well, yeah. Did you find Ultra 
difficult or did it make it easier? Obviously it made it easier to do Desert Baz in the sequel, but I mean, there weren't a lot of elements this year, were there? No, there, there were very vague elements. Like I think it's, it would be hard not to make a film that has a collision and a female in it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got very lucky. I think a lot of the ultra teams um, didn't get compatible genres. Like talking to Richard, he went from like cat and mouse to Christmas film. Oof. Which, you know, kind of works. Um, what was, you, you were Ultra, yeah? What was your second genre? Uh, we did Jack and Joni, which is a sequel to our 2008 Jack and Johnny. Jack and Johnny was a musical? Yeah, it was a musical cop comedy. And so this and what year genre, we what got... what genre were you this year? We got fantasy. So it was kind of, I mean, we really found that it wrote itself as well. Ultra. Yeah. Ultra was a whole lot of fun. Um, something I've never been clear on when I watch the animations, because there are so many good animations nowadays. Like yeah. the, the number of animated teams has gone up and the quality's gone up as well. Can you talk me through really simply your process? Do you storyboard? What software do you use? Stuff like that. Yeah, I do storyboard. I do like quite basic comic books first, just to just for my own reference, just to kind of get a, a handle on how many shots I might need to end up doing. Uh, I use After Effects, which is a very versatile program. Uh, you can do a lot with it. And yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people think that animation in 48 hours is a big challenge or a big endeavor, but I actually think it's easier in a lot of ways. How so? I guess like it frees you up writing, like you can write whatever you want and you're only limited to what you can draw. Um, also, I think one of the, my least favorite things about 48 hours when I did live action was just kind of, you know, running around town asking strangers for favors. Oh, can I film in your dairy for 10 minutes or whatever? <laughs> like all, all that kind of logistical problem solving was a big hassle. And, yeah, with animation, you, you can just kind of lock yourself in your room and just get it done. Yeah, okay, that's a damn good call. Okay, maybe I'll do one next year as well. Do it, man. Um, and then um, what do you do? Do you When you've got your storyboard out there, do you time up how long it's going to take to do each shot? No, I mean, the timing usually kind of comes from the audio, really. Like, we record the audio quite early on in the process. Yeah, but I mean, I mean usually... like, how long it's going to take you to work on each shot? How do you, how do you time manage yourself throughout the weekend? Terribly, terribly. Um, <laughs> this this year, I I'm not exaggerating. All of the animation was done. I think in the last four hours. Um, what? No, get out of town. What do you mean? Like I think that the writing and the storyboarding and the drawing, like actually just drawing the assets, takes time. But wow. then, um, like d- digital animation can be done very quickly, especially like <laughs> to, the, to the to the level of quality that I make it. Um, because I was in a rush. I was very behind this this year. This was where a lot of the dark moments came from. So a lot of it was very rushed. A lot of it was like, okay, I, w- I would really like for the character to to do a proper a walk across the screen where like his legs move when he walks. But <laughs> you know, fuck that. He's just gonna have to bounce along like a like a, a he man toy. I think if you had more time, and tell me if you disagree, a lot of the charm might be taken away. Absolutely. Like, okay, so last year. Um, despite all the things that were against me, I actually finished about three hours early. Well, I remember, um, I remember I, I put it all together and I looked at the clock. I had about three hours left on the clock and I was super tired and I was just kind of doing that thing where you sort of put the, the polish on the shots and like rough out the edges and do the little crossfades on the audio and stuff. And I'd been doing that for a while and I just kind of looked at it and I'm like, you know what? This isn't going to get any better from three more hours of work on it. I'm just going to hand it in now and just go to sleep. Wow. Okay. So you probably could have made some legs move and you decided not to but it paid off screw the legs man (laughs) (laughs) okay let's talk about writing 
Where do the yeah. ideas come from and, and how do you do you structure your films or do you decide to just go where where what makes you laugh? Go with what makes you laugh and, and create the story from there. Yeah, I'm definitely driven by the laughs. I definitely start with like kind of gags and go from there. I, th- I think I definitely try to put a bit of classical structure into it. And certainly the films that I've done that have done that have performed the best do have like a little bit of structure to it. Um, with like Dazzler and Bazzler, for instance, I did a bit of research on uh, mysteries because it was a mystery film. And I'd been watching these kind of five minute mysteries that they have on like old radio broadcasts. And I was like, well, that's perfect. It's going to be a five minute film. And um, yeah, they, they have such a simple formula. They pretty much just pose a question and then answer it. They're like, oh, here's a body. What happened? Oh, that's what happened. So that's kind of what I did. But then I, I threw the kind of Kiwi dad thing on top of it. Yeah, that's the, definitely the winning ingredient. Um, do you drink oh, double, double browns yourself? Dazza and Baz are big fans. Um, where, does, <laughs> where does that inspiration come from? Uh, I think, I think yeah, I don't know. I mean, every, everyone in New Zealand either is or has or knows a Kiwi dad. Um, I, I guess that type of character came from, there was always like a little voice that I did or like a sort of a character that I did sometimes where I was just sort of like, if somebody was being a bit kind of, I don't know, I don't want to sound mean, but like there's that kind of just average, just shit munching, you know, middle-aged Kiwi male who's just kind of like, you know, oh, oh, coffee, that's what you need for a Monday morning. Or just, <laughs> oh, no. You know, if you've ever worked in an office, there's a bunch of people like that. And um, I just, I always loved doing that voice and doing that character. And then I was, yeah, just... I just it kind of wrote itself really uh, really oh man they seem like classic people already wow okay so this year you went to the wellington finals arjun yep. got best actor incredible so so proud of him so proud of my boy oh, well he did he's, an incredible job obviously he's he's not a professional actor but he's a, a great performer and he's also a great improviser oh, okay. uh, which well, helps cool. out a lot with the writing yeah, do you send him a script and he sends you back his voice recorder and he throws a little couple of curveballs in there or what's the story? Absolutely. Um, uh, like, it takes the pressure off writing dialogue. Like, I know if I've written something that's maybe not 100%, he'll just add that extra shine to it. And sometimes I would even write something like, um, you know, I'd, I'd write in parentheses, uh, Dazza mumbles a bunch of improvised stuff about trying to get his phone to work or, or something like that, you know, and I would know that he would just, like, nail it. It's really nice to have those kind of people around. Absolutely. I think all, all the I think all the best lines, all the lines that hit were probably ones that he improvised or changed in some way. Oh, well, there you go. Do you give him a writing credit? I probably should, really. It's, <laughs> he deserves a lot of the credit for those two films. Oh, well, massive shout-out to Arjun, and well done on, on Best Actor. Incredible work. Hey, yeah. um, you've been doing it, what, 10th year this year. Uh, what are the changes that you've seen over the years in the competition, and do you feel that, I mean, obviously you're getting better as a filmmaker and as a storyteller and also as an animator, and probably yeah. as a voice artist as well. But, yeah, what are the big changes in that 10 years? Like in terms of myself or in terms of the competition? In terms of yourself, I guess. Well, actually, your relationship to the competition. You've met people sure. through there. You've obviously gone to London. When are you coming back? Uh, well, my visa runs out one year from now, so I'll probably be back fairly soon. Oh, so, so, um, so hopefully you might even be an in-town competitor next year. I might, I might be entering in a proper team next year, yeah. Ah, oh, but um, it'll still be an animation. So 10 years... What what have you? What are the big things that you've learned? Like, and how many times have you watched your film with a big audience, either at the heats or finals? I I have to get um someone on the inside. Like last year and the year before, I had to get somebody to kind of bootleg my film on like a a cell phone because I that's that's the best part for me is the audience reaction and to not to not be there it, it, it breaks my heart. Um, in fact, uh, last year when I found out that I was a Peter Jackson wildcard, 
I actually flew back. I, f- I flew back to New Zealand. Holy mo- shit, for in, real. In, in, pa- in part for the grand final, yeah. I also had a, um, a new uh, little niece, Sienna, who'd been born. I really wanted to visit her. And there were super cheap flights. And I just thought, you know, this is a big moment for me. Screw it. So I, I flew back for about a week and um, enjoyed enjoyed going to the grand finals. Was it a fantastic trip? Were you glad you did it? I'm, I'm glad I did it, yeah. It was it was an awesome night and it was it was a really cool trip. I love New Zealand, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Are you, you're from here originally. You're a citizen. I am, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Um, um, sorry, so- I feel like I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm not answering your question. Um, what what's changed in, <laughs> over the years? Yeah, well, what um, are the real big sweeping things that you've learned about about filmmaking and stuff? Because a lot of people that are doing it for the first or second time um, maybe don't have the privilege of watching their film um, to a finals audience, and I know that that's always kind of a big moment kind of teaches you how to shape your film or, or maybe gives you lessons for, for in years to come? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think a lot of the stuff that's been said on the podcast beforehand about like story being king, that's that's definitely very important. I, I also think it's important to um, to hold true to yourself, I guess. I like The times that I've done the best is the times where I've not been trying that hard. Like I think any time where I've been like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to make the finals this year, or I'm going to try to impress the judges or try to make something that I think people will like that's the times when I failed I think I think you know do it for yourself make something that you, that you will enjoy yeah you said earlier that when you're writing you definitely follow the laughs um yeah and so that works out right like if you follow a laugh something that you think is funny chances are when it plays on the screen the audience finds that funny has, has that held true yeah definitely um there have certainly been points when I've been making it where um I, I'll, I'll get a piece of voice acting back and just listening to it, I'll crack up or like I'll, I'll do a drawing and then just like when it's finished, I'll just look at it and just smile. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and certainly when you're writing it, you, you kind of play things out in your head and you're like, yeah, that, that, I could see how that would be funny. It could be in the execution. But yeah. Oh, I, that's yeah. really sweet. This year you said you had some some uh, obstacles, some speed bumps in the road. What happened? Yeah. Um, I think I got a bit too cocky. Uh, so. Okay, so right off the bat, I was, you know, eight or so, eight or nine hours um, behind with the whole having work thing. But then uh, because last year I, I, I finished prematurely, I was like, okay, well, I can get some proper sleep on the first night. This, this doesn't take too long. Um, plus, I have the advantage of, you know, having a, a script kind of like write itself. And also I had all the assets, like I already had Dazzler and Bazzler and stuff drawn. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to have a proper, proper night's sleep on Saturday and just, just take it easy. Oh, and and yeah, that's that's a terrible <laughs> attitude to have because I just spent the rest of the the rest of the weekend just trying to make up time, mm. and I had this awful moment with um, the lip syncing. So the lip syncing in digital animation, the way I do it is very simple. I've got like a little script that I've written, and I pretty much drop the audio in, and it looks at the the waveform of the audio, and whenever a character is making a sound, it makes the mouth go ba. So basically, I just drop the audio in, and the character goes bah, 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 and their mouth opens up and down, and they speak, and the entire lip syncing process takes five seconds, and it's done. Wow! So that's what I've done. That's what I've done up until now, and it's been a huge time saver. But um, this year, I had found this plugin, which uh, actually had speech detection in it. Like Whoa. it can, it can like recognize what words are being saying, what, what, what words are being said. Called? I don't want to mention it because it screwed me, and I'm okay. going to complain. <laughs> I'm going to completely, uh, you know, give it a bad write-up right here. But, um, yeah, in theory, 
it has a uh, speech detection built in and it can detect what words are being said and like show the precise phonemes and stuff. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to have really awesome lip sync this year because I think that's a big part of it. Um, and I did test the plugin and it did work, but I think the test that I did was like under really, really ideal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekend, it just, I couldn't get it to work. And it, it failed in such a way where like for me to try to fix, it just took up more time and more time and more time. And by the time I decided to abandon it and go back to the blah, 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 blah mouths, I just wasted like three or four hours. And I was like, oh, so yeah, that, that was why I had to do all the animation in the last four hours. Wow, man. Three and four hours, three to four hours can be crucial, especially at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But apart from that, was it smooth? I mean, I'm just thinking about when Squint Eastwood is in progress making the film over the 48 hour weekend. It's really yeah. you in a room on a computer, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not very sexy. It's um, I don't know, man. A lot of people would say that that's that's very sexy. It depends on your taste. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely envy teams that do kind of run around and have fun with their mates and stuff. And certainly, when I was doing it with people, that was more fun. Like, um, it's definitely been less fun to do this last couple of years, just because it's been very lonely, but in, in a room by myself. But then but like, you, um, I guess you watch it back and you realise that you've made something. Isn't that funny, dude? Like, we watched that at the Wellington Finals with a full house at the Paramount. It was the last big event the Paramount had. It was such a cool festive atmosphere. People are ready to laugh when it comes to the finals. Yeah. And it I, went down an absolute blast. You'd never think that there's just one guy in a room on a keyboard. <laughs> I wish I could have been there. Yeah, well, we were thinking of you. Hey, in 2015, you did Palo. Which was, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I really like Daz and Brazza, but I think Palo might be my favourite Squint Eastwood film. I'm really happy to hear you say that because I think it might be mine too, but I, I, I'm not sure how other people like that one. For people who haven't seen it, it's a sci-fi creature film which stars a human Valencia orange hybrid. It, it turns, it goes kind of alien, um, the, the film. Like, again, it goes kind of dark and twisted and. Not where you'd expect, which is really fun. Who was on the team there? What, what, what's the difference? Because that was only two years ago. Yeah, that was a much bigger team. Um, I had, I was in, I was in Wellington. I, I was able to record voice actors properly, which I enjoyed a lot more because you know I love, I love directing performance. I love talking to actors and like helping to shape the performance with them rather than saying like, oh, you know, here's your line, send it to me. Um, I had, uh, it was me and Andrew. So the the audio is way better in that one. You can tell right off the bat. Um, I had about. Th- four or five um extra helpers like i i um back in those days it was kind of a core team of two but i would recruit extra help like a few people to kind of like take some of the workload off drawing backgrounds or drawing assets so i had um larissa mcmillan megs russell megan calder and ellie drury um a lot of those were actually students of mine because i I used to work in an art school and that was awesome because i could kind of like like I could spot a few kind of protégés in the class, a few kind of like talented students, and I'd be like, "Hey, do you want to come and help out with us in the weekend?" They'd be like, "Sweet." So um, yeah, that was that was a really fun year to uh, to make a film, but uh, very sadly we did not get that one in on time. Isn't that crazy? So you had all those people helping or doing assets. So when you say assets, you mean bits and pieces that are going the animation, right? Yeah, like drawings essentially, like um, like art department. The, yeah, the way almost. yeah, kind of uh, like the way digital animation works is you don't have to. Like if somebody moves an arm or something, you don't have to draw them twenty times. You draw them once, and then you kind of puppet them about the screen like a cheap marionette. So, um, yeah, back in those days, I did I I did everything by hand. Like I drew uh, all the characters with like pen and ink or pencil, and uh, like painted the backgrounds with like watercolor. 
and like i i really like that i really liked having some like organic-y hand-drawnness to the the digital sort of look yeah it helps kind of like rough it up a bit um but that just takes way too long like drawing things scanning them cropping them in photoshop it's it's a real pain in the butt so that's why I had to move to just doing things straight on the computer like this year and last year, just because it's a big time saver. Wow. Just because it's faster. That's crazy. Yeah. We're almost out of time. We've been talking for half an hour already. Um, seriously? But, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, because time flies when you have fun like this, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but there were a couple of more things I wanted to talk about. Um, so you're going to come back to New Zealand probably. You'll never stop doing the 48 hours. Have you ever made any relationships through 48 hours that have been beneficial to your greater career? Ah, oh, that's a really good question. It was um, just fun. I, I think it's a great thing to have on your CV, man. Like, New Zealanders know about that competition. And, like, yeah, every now and then you meet someone and they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was in that year. And they're like, oh, okay, well. In fact, I think I think my job at the art school I got kind of in part because of 48 Hours. Like, um, that was with Ruth, Ruth and Ness. And um, at, at my interview, they they mentioned, uh, they, they sort of said, like, oh, you know, have you have you done, you know, creative stuff outside of your work and I said oh I do 48 hours and they're like oh yeah yeah we were with Traces of Nut and then we had this big old yarn about like this year that we were both in the finals and that that certainly helped yeah wow oh that's cool um and so what are you doing now over in London just talking about you know projects outside of 48 hours I I freelance I do uh motion design which is kind of it's like animation but it's more square it's kind of like animation mixed with with um you know graphic design oh wow okay so you're you're a bloody sure-handed this now especially after doing you've got a whole series you've got Dazza and Bazza and now Dazza Bazza yeah too. I guess I guess part, part three coming soon hopefully oh man fingers crossed I'll be first in line to check it out okay cool yeah. man let's wrap it up let's talk about uh I know there are a lot of new teams this year oh by the way they played the best high school team at the finals which you would have missed it was incredible dude these, yeah. like, I mean, younger people are smashing it out of the park. They know how to use Premiere and After Effects and Final Cut Pro and Motion and all sorts of stuff, which which is uh, very not belittling. What's the word? Like, it makes me feel like we uh, really have to up maybe? our game if we want to stay in the industry because um, these people are going to be making much better quality films than we were at a younger age. But for people that did it for the first time this year, or maybe they're still starting out, um, I know you already said, you know, be true to yourself and just make the stuff that you find interesting. But what are some hot tips to get through the weekend alive and to make something that you're proud of? I think I think planning and preparation is good. Um, I think there was always that thing of like how much planning or preparation is cheating, but ever since they tweaked the rules and you're allowed to shoot things beforehand, that's all kind of like changed. Um yeah, I mean, always always test your gear, test your workflow, um, and I think just ma- manage your time. I'm I'm an absolute hypocrite because I'm terrible at it, but if I could manage my time better, then um, <laughs> I'd, I'd do a lot better. And when you say that, you mean putting aside putting aside time to prep, and then effectively shoot, or for you draw the characters, and then to animate or cut. Yeah, I think I think one thing I always plan to do, but I, I trip myself up in is is kind of working in waves. Like I think it's good to. Um, Okay, so like for instance, when I'm drawing, I I learnt to just stop as soon as the object is readable. Like, like in, in Dazzler and Bazzler, there's a drawing of a train in there. I was watch, I was rewatching it the other day, and I looked at that train. I'm like, oh my god! But you can tell it's a train, so that's that's all you need. Like as soon as it looks like a train, I'm like, sweet, done. Onto the next drawing. 
And then if I have time later, I'll tidy it up and make it look more like a train. But if it looks enough like a train, then just, you know, don't don't faff around with it. Just call it a train. That's awesome, man. That That's like spontaneity is king, isn't it, really? Yeah. And, like, keep keep moving forward. But a lot of the time, keep perfection gets in the way of things getting done. So if it looks like a train Definitely. and it's meant to be a train, move on forward. Move on forward. I love it, man. That's uh, very touching words to end on. That's Sam Harris with the team Squint Eastwood, kind of almost a one-man band and auteur, if you will. Hey, congratulations on the success, man. I'll be looking out, fingers crossed, that you get a wild card this year, eh? Hey, let's hope the big man likes the sequel as well. <laughs> okay, well, it's just waiting for the Knight of the Realm, uh, Wellington's favourite yeah. son, to, to chime in. Hey, uh, yeah. awesome to talk to you, Sam. All the best, my bro, and um, hashtag 48 hours NZ. Cheers, Hayden. Uh, congrats on the win this year. It's been a long time running for you guys. Sure has. Cheers, bro. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Squint Eastwood is just a guy in a room on a computer with a great sense of humour and some great animation skills. And he has some great tips for people who are keen to take on animation in 48 hours. If you enjoyed this episode, you can follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can also find more about 48 hours on the website 48hours.co.nz.